Yeah, that Chipotle's uh, making making action happen right now. Making you horny. It's doing something to my insides. I don't really know when or where or what or how we're going to start the podcast, but at some point it's worth mentioning that uh, it's just me and Kyle today. We're just, just hanging out. Two Call it a bonus podcast. I just think it's, uh, you know, a fun little episode for us. You know. Yeah, I mean, personally, I think it might turn out better than anyone we've done to this point, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah, it'll be a little less structured, a little more off the cuff, but sometimes I think that's what what works best. They're going to really get to know who we are. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> you know what's interesting is, like, how much doing a podcast is actual work, like... We've said it before, and I think the consensus is like we all enjoy doing it. It's a really good time to sit down and chit chat uninterrupted and have good conversation. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you think so hard about what you want to talk about that sometimes when we're doing it, despite how it may like come across to a listener mm-hmm. and like even me listening back to these episodes, it sounds natural and it sounds like it flows, but there's so much like pressure some like when we're doing the episodes yeah, at times yeah, yeah. it's like god damn i didn't even realize like i was working you yeah know? yeah yeah i i think even i mean if you think about it honestly like some of the topics like let's say we weren't on the podcast we weren't recording we were just having those conversations like normal they probably would have we probably would have expanded on things more we would have had um more opinions maybe we would have got some comments from the other side of the table down there yeah <laughs> I think that's the hardest part because when you have the headphones on, the person speaking is dominating your entire headspace. Yeah. And if everyone's talking all at once, it kind of becomes a jumbled mess. And it's not fun to necessarily listen to, but also as a participant on the podcast, you're like very aware of how am I going to get my piece in yeah, and sometimes yeah. you just have to like swallow it and say all right i guess i'm not gonna talk yeah about yeah one. oh we're past that topic yeah all right missed it and then yeah and then <laughs> and then when you do want to bring it back to that thing you might get like an eye look from someone <laughs> like wait am i not bringing this back we, we're moving forward yeah right but <laughs> but yeah all right what do you want to hear you got something in the bank i know you do i mean on the way here i was listening to face in the crowd from palace which is just a stellar song. Are we not going to do Palace on this on this podcast? I think we should. How do you feel about the idea that we're going to be changing the music from end of the episode to its own episode? I think it's good because I feel like um, a couple times we were like really going with the topics and stuff, and mm-hmm. we probably could have kept talking and talking, but yeah. you were like, "All right, you know, it's getting a little late. Let's start the the music." And I think being on its own episode, we can listen to as much or as little of, the, of each song as we want to. And, yeah. You know, somebody doesn't like a song, they can skip to the next one. Yeah. I was talking to uh, one of our listeners and he was telling me he likes how long the episodes are. Uh-huh. He likes that they're like longer form. Yeah. He, he, he seemed to think that that's like the best way to enjoy it. And I appreciate that. And then I, I told him about the music idea about moving it over and he was like, he likes the music piece at the end, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be like, if you like the music bits, then you will listen to it, even if it's its own little piece, right? Yeah. But we should do Palace on this episode. I, not, not necessarily on this episode, but we should do a Palace episode mm-hmm. because they're so good. 
Yeah, they've been releasing some singles lately. I wonder if that new album should be coming out soon. Dude, I, have you listened to that uh, Rogan episode with a guy who's a boner? Yeah, the boner. <laughs> <laughs> you talking about the boner up in uh, Alaska or whatever? Yeah, that boner up in Alaska who's just collecting all the yeah. bones. That guy's got so many bones. Dude, that's, that's actually wild. That guy's been boning for years as far as I know. If I could go on a modern day treasure hunt and take the time from work, mm-hmm. knowing that I would find something that would be worth the time away... I would do it. Like money-wise? Yeah, because yeah. he could sell those tusks for... Oh, yeah. He's he's money, already right? like a millionaire because yeah, of his, yeah. whatever his businesses yeah. are, but... Uh, boning. Yeah, I mean, like he said on that on that podcast, he's like, look, there's a spot out here where they dumped all my shit. Yeah, you guys in, are welcome uh, to go find it. New York, right? They, they went in... and they found it. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a, there are quote-unquote like boners or like treasure hunters yeah. who are out there looking for bones and finding them. Yeah. It's in like a... Like Some a well river. known, yeah, that's like uh, Hudson Bay, yeah, right? yeah. And there's just like guys out there with scuba gear, like finding bones and just bringing them up, yeah. I feel like at a certain point, like who's even buying them anymore? Well, that's my whole thing. It's like, okay, you're saying <laughs> the they're worth all this goes money, way up. yeah, they're worth all <laughs> this money, but they threw them away, yeah. Well, you know, well, they threw them away like so long ago, like maybe at that time it was like, ah, we don't need all these bones, or yeah. or didn't didn't he say? They threw him away because they were trying to like cover up some kind of facts. Like, his yeah, his story is there's evidence in the bones that would support archaeological archaeological history that doesn't align with the modern day sort of like story that's yeah, being told. Yeah, yeah. You think sometimes they cover up stuff like that because they just really don't feel like rewriting the history books? Like, ah, it'd just be such a nuisance. Yeah, I and like that's a really <laughs> simple way to put it, but I think that's right. I think it's like a bunch of people who've like dedicated their entire life's work yeah. to telling this very like good story that's supported by the evidence that they've found, and then when new evidence comes to the table, they think, well, I'm not gonna throw away my that. life's yeah, work. Like, yeah. Everything like my name is on all this other stuff that makes me look real bad. Yeah, right. I think it's kind of like that. I mean, I feel like there, you got to take some like ego out of it if you're a if you're a scientist. Like you're just trying to prove a hypothesis, you know? Yeah, let's say you have all this evidence you've been working towards supporting your hypothesis, and then some other information comes out, and now your hypothesis is proven wrong. I feel like at a certain point, it's like that's what science is. Yeah, to be, I mean, that's right? what it is. Yeah, like, well, all right, I guess I was on the wrong track. Yeah, I think that science is supposed to be constantly challenging the status quo so mm-hmm. that we we can get as close to truth as possible with the understanding that we may never actually get it yeah so it's always being open to more information yeah yeah exactly do you know what panspermia is yeah i was watching a really interesting youtube video yesterday where he was i guess as of right now the main theory is that life on earth kind of just spawned from like nothing basically yeah like just from non-biological materials on earth like came together and created like living matter Mm -hmm. and uh, i guess panspermia is like it's pretty much saying that meteorites just smacked into the earth like a ton of meteorites billions of years ago and there was some sort of what microorganisms in in the uh, meteorites and yep. then life sort of came from that mm-hmm. which seems to make a lot more sense and now more and more information is like kind of proving that supporting that theory i mean there's some crazy people that 
they think that aliens purposely sent these meteor meteorites down to Earth. I mean, that's a little wacky, but and it could be possible too. I don't know. You know. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it does seem to make way more sense. And then I guess Russia sent a probe up to like Halley's Comet, and they did find like amino acids, the same and, like, building all... blocks of life. Exactly. Those... Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's a I don't think it's a far fetched fe- theory at all. I, in fact, I I could get on board with it. There was a period of time in which the Earth was bombarded with comets and asteroids, right? Mm-hmm. And it was it's not like there were the dinosaurs and then a comet brought life here. It's more like when the Earth was forming and going through this period of like heavy impact. Yeah. That's when some of the essential building blocks of life were brought to this planet and mm-hmm. we had the right atmosphere for those things to grow and evolve. I think that's right. I don't have I also don't hate the idea that maybe there was a super advanced civilization on like Mars and when the atmosphere was going away and the planet was doomed the civilization recognized okay this is this is happening we have to do something to preserve ourselves it's too late for us here we can't physically send bodies it's going to be yeah. too expensive or we just don't have the resources to do it we were, we're out of time and now we're just going to like send the essentials to the next feasible option. Yeah. I don't hate that idea. That, that was along the lines of the same thoughts I was having yesterday after watching that video of like, um, I was thinking like that, like did some other civilization, like in a last ditch effort, they were like, let me just basically shoot off my sperm. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much <laughs> like at least carry on the, the, the line or carry on the, uh, yeah. civilization somewhere else. Yeah. But then it got me thinking, I was like, have we almost unknowingly done that? Like, you know how they dump space trash and shit like up in space? Yeah. And I mean, where does that go? I guess it probably floats around in the orbit, but let's say something breaks free and just kind of goes off into space and there's all these like microorganisms in it and then it hits some other planet Mm -hmm. and somehow those organisms were allowed or were able to live in that outer space condition which they've already proven that there are organisms that can withstand crazy heat and crazy cold yeah have we landed basically trash on some random planet like way 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 out out there or is it on a trajectory right now towards some other planet and we're gonna actually spawn life somewhere else just in the just happens in the galaxy yeah yeah i don't know i don't know enough about biology to say definitively but i don't or gravity <laughs> yeah or just anything really i'm a, a simple so mind. speculation <laughs> i feel like if i was if i knew better though if i knew all these things the podcast would be pretty uh limited to a, a certain kind of conversation and i would just be talking at the audience <laughs> Preach. yeah it's better that we don't know anything because that le- at least that way it gives it opens the floor for for genuine conversation with everyone I've actually had a lot of really fun conversation with people talking about the podcast and about the things that we've talked on the podcast because everyone who's listening, a large portion of them at least know us, right? And so it is cool to have those conversations be given a whole new light yeah from another perspective same thing on my side is like some of my friends that listen to it will will bring up or text me about like something we talked about and they'll add something more to it or give a different insight yeah and that's perfect because that's kind of the whole concept is 
Yeah, we, is, don't, we don't actually know anything. We just talk no. about shit. Yeah. <laughs> we speculate. Yeah. Everything's very speculative, as it should be. Yeah. Did you know that uh, we have enough space garbage in our atmosphere, though, that we are quickly approaching a point in which we may not actually be able to exit our, like, atmosphere? Our atmosphere because of all the garbage. Like, we would just be, like, trying to launch rockets through trash that would just demolish any any spaceship I don't know, that we dude. create. It doesn't sound like it could be true. Oh, dude, you got to look at this. Hold on. I'm going to pull it up. <laughs> the atmosphere uh, is massive. I actually, Imagine the amount of trash that would have to cover the entire world. <laughs> I know. We'll it, lift off over yeah, the ocean. You we'll don't be think, fine. Yeah, you don't think it's like all that much, but apparently we are running into that issue where it's going to be a problem that we're going to have to solve is like, what do we do with all the space crash? Maybe it'll create sort of like a barrier that'll protect us as the, uh, the atmosphere withers away a little bit and the sun gets a little stronger. Maybe this trash will actually okay. start to block the harmful rays. Here it is. It says space debris will block space exploration unless we start. This is a scientific American article. Uh, unless we start active, actively like unsustainably trying to um, broach that issue. It says that there is 30,000 pieces of space garbage that we're tracking. Um, they're going like 17,000 miles per hour. <laughs> so it's like, like an old empty box of condoms just floating around up there. They're tracking it. It's got yeah. like a number and everything. <laughs> yeah, this is like wild. Yeah, apparently like a lot of our uh, satellites and like satellite operations yeah, are going to become break off yeah, they're yeah. going to become problematic. Like imagine if tomorrow one random piece of trash just fucking nailed our like major satellite systems like okay there goes the internet <laughs> <laughs> well i'm sure we have multiple up there you know they, they uh, there goes our like there goes our uh social security and not i don't mean social security like the big fund of money that we have uh i mean like any sort of defense systems that we have if some yeah. like if some foreign country realized like wait a minute did they just knock out that our trash is <laughs> destroy the American defense. Okay. <laughs> Took out their whole defense system. <laughs> Time to go. <laughs> it's funny. I had to uh, exit out of giraffes fighting in our YouTube queue here. Pull it back up. <laughs> this is crazy. I don't know if anyone who's listening has actually seen giraffes fighting. Yeah. If you haven't, highly recommend that you look at so look at it. Like, just for a second, just think about how wild giraffes are. <laughs> like, She's got these long ass necks, and they just throw them at each other. I I don't know how giraffes it's like a gut punch with his succeeded neck. in passing on their genes. For what real, a fucked up dude. animal, dude! They had to have come from like the Stegosaurus or, or which one's the one that's super tall? Is that Bronchiosaurus? Bronchiosaurus. The dinosaur timeline is fucked up too, though. They say that there's like more time between the Stegosaurus. For those of you who don't know what a stegosaurus is, that's like, the spikes if you think back. about land before time, it's spike. Spike. <laughs> <laughs> and so there was more time between the stegosaurus and the T-Rex than there is between the T-Rex and human beings. Oh, you took that guy out. Oh, oh man. The final blow in slow-mo. Oh, oh. oh, he actually whiffed and just threw his neck Dude, out. Dude, oh my God, that giraffe. <laughs> ju All right, so we're watching a video on YouTube called Giraffes Fighting. It's by the latest sightings. Uh, you can subscribe to them, but this giraffe just whipped his head around to go deal a hard blow to the enemy, and he threw his neck out <laughs> and collapsed. collapsed. 
probably broke his neck and died. Dude, that's what that's like when uh, when you go to swing your driver like really hard and you just completely whiff and you straight just throw your back out, throw your shoulder out. You're just fucked. Oh shit! In the description, it literally says that there there was only one winner. In other words, the other one fucking died. Man. Dude, he just whipped it around. It's like one final blow. Oh, and you know what it could have been? This is actually my new theory after seeing it. So, you know, in like the UFC, like Anderson Silva, you know, he kicked the guy and his, and his leg, you know, his fucking buckled around shin it. Shin broke. Yeah. yeah. Disgusting. So they said he, he threw a kick earlier in the fight and the guy checked it. So there was already some sort of like fracture there. I think that might have been what happened in this giraffe video. So you see the other one hit him. He okay. kind of like. He, he fractured it a little bit. Yeah. And then when that guy just went fucking last ditch effort, threw his neck at him and he missed, he just cracked it. Just Yeah, <laughs> they're not, giraffes are not an ideal species. I feel like they kind of drew the short straw on genetics. Yeah, I, I was thinking about this the other night. Like, what, what other kind of stuff does a giraffe do? That's how it sleeps? Yeah, a giraffe is sleeping. Oh my God. Again, for the listeners, a giraffe, when it's sleeping, it lays down on the ground in its head because the base is so thick it can't actually bend so the top half of the neck just lays over and it creates an arch yeah he's got an arch <laughs> could you imagine like okay i fall asleep my arms off the bed my arm is completely dead asleep when i wake up it's just a limp noodle every time a giraffe wakes up it's fucking oh, yeah, head he's is a limp, have noodle. a limp noodle man <laughs> You know, it's weird. Their their face kind of almost looks like a llama. And the way he's eating that grass kind of just... Looks like a llama. Yeah. Sort of like a llama face. <laughs> Jesus. Such a weird creature. Oh, my God. It's like the worst version of a horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Has anybody ever ridden a giraffe? <laughs> mm, African riding giraffe. Let's see it. No. Nope, he's not riding it. He's just he's petting just it. Standing on it. Um, I don't know how much you're comfortable sharing, given that maybe some I'm people the from work most open person might listen to this podcast. <laughs> but what drugs have you indulged in? Oh, that was the end of it. That's, well, that's the start. <laughs> but yeah, um, not much, honestly. Pretty much just, um, I mean, weed, obviously. Obviously. Um, Who hasn't done weed? Yeah, weed, edibles, all, all that. Do you find that edibles <clears throat> and marijuana are a different experience? Like if you smoke it versus eating it? I do, yeah. I mean, now I'm at the point where I have to take, like I have to eat a little more for it to really take effect. But yeah, it's definitely a more uh, like full body effect, I feel like, compared to um, just smoking weed. I mean, I, I'm sure it depends on the strain. I'm not like that into it where yeah. I'm like, yeah, I only smoke mm. I only smoke uh, indicas and <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'm sure there's a difference there. Um, yeah, so that uh, I tried, you know, I tried coke that one time at uh, in Myrtle Beach. Oh, from the yeah. stranger. I forgot about. You remember that? that? I, I feel like that's like how everyone tries coke for the first time, just from a stranger. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I remember my first time trying to get drugs was marijuana, uh-huh. and I was in high school, and my friend. I guess I won't say his name, but he went to go. Uh, he went to go get the the weed for us. He said he could. Can get we it. call him Randy? Yeah, Randy went out, and got some <laughs> pot, and I was like, okay, how do we smoke it? Right, like I had no concept yeah, just of it no at all. Idea. He's like, oh, you just got to get a can. So we got a Coca Cola can, emptied it out, poked holes in it, yeah. like pushed pushed it down to create like a little bowl, 
opened up. Yeah, obviously, we opened the can and we just like breathed through the opening of the can while lighting the fucking top. Did you guys look up a video or this guy just? That's how. Did? That's how he smoked the bowl. Did that work? Yeah, it worked. We got high for sure. Imagine the amount of like chemicals you were also all inhaling. that aluminum. Yeah, yeah dude. The, the burnt aluminum. Yeah. Yeah, I Die. think my my first experience with weed was definitely in high school. I think I was probably probably sophomore year. So I had some friends that were like like really getting into it. Like they were <laughs> slowly becoming potheads. Yeah. They'd been talking about it for a bit, and then I think it was Halloween. They finally found a way to get some, mm-hmm. and they all did it together. And then kind of from that moment on, they were like hooked on it. They literally smoked before they did everything. They smoked yeah. before they played basketball, before they go to the movies, before they went to get food, just yeah. pretty much everything. And then I think one time my parents were out of town, so I had the house open. And these were like my good friends. These are my closest friends back then. And I was like, yeah, everybody come over. And they were like, do you want to smoke? <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. And I was a pretty, like, I was a good kid. I never did anything wrong. I hadn't drank or smoked or but the opportunity. That point. But there. yeah, I yeah. mean, parents are away. And in my parents, the way they kind of raised us, it was always like, you know, if you're going to do anything, do it in our house. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. like they were okay with drinking. I mean, my, I mentioned this on a previous episode. My dad was a literally a pothead. So, um, so it was the, yeah, basically do it in, in the house and we're good with it. But um, I didn't tell him about this until years and years later. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, so they had a just a bowl, you know, like you know, a little pipe with a, yeah, know, a bowl. A regular glass bowl. Yeah, just a bowl. Yeah, it had some fancy artwork on it. Yeah, it was sure. nice. Um, and I just remember the first hit, I didn't really know how to do it. I, you know, I took a hit and I didn't know you had to like really inhale. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just kind of like, you know, just blew it out. Yeah. Like, I don't. I don't think it's working. <laughs> you know, yeah. you don't know what to expect. That's everyone's really. first word is like, am I high? <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's, I don't think I'm high. I don't think it's working. Yeah. yeah. Then they started, they were telling me like, no, no, you got to like really like inhale. Yeah. And you got to cough your first time. You got to cough something yeah. crazy. So, so the next time it came around to me, I just straight up just killed the rest of the bowl, like full inhaled. Yeah, I felt, pe- I felt pieces of like the stem go down my throat. Yeah, you I got the Scooby little, snacks. Yeah, That's what used to call I it. I felt yeah. a little flame in my throat and I just started coughing my lungs out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you were first high, like what was the experience for you? Was it like, okay, I know for a fact that I'm high and this is different. Oh yeah. What just was like it like? Extreme like head high. I think probably from all the coughing, it really, it really yeah, like kind of pushed you don't have any your head. Left. Yeah. Yeah. You're just so lightheaded at that point. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was pretty chill though. Um, I don't think I did it again after that for a while, but it, we were just like relaxing at the house. So there was no, it wasn't like I was going to freak out or anything, you know, it was pretty chill. Um, I think a little while after that, for some reason, well, no, I did it more times before college, but every, every time up till college was, was fine. Like we would smoke and go get Taco Bell. That was a classic. Dude, I always remember driving to my friend Steven's car and we're listening, always listening to like Kid Cudi or like Red Hot Chili Peppers, just the jams and just stoned out of our minds, just kind of driving around. That's probably dangerous thinking back on it, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it is what it is. Yeah. I actually felt like I was a great driver high at that time. Like I was in tune with the road, dude. No, I, uh, I was like, when I first got high, 
like after hitting the soda can. Yeah. It was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm a high, I'm a high, I'm a high. And then I was sitting there and it wasn't until I stood up and we were done smoking mm-hmm. to go inside. Yeah. I stood up and it was like a little disoriented, you know? Yeah. And my, the first thing out of my mouth, I'll never forget was, oh, this is a dream. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like this is, it was so outside of the normal for me. Yeah. And it was so like the shift in my perspective was so different. I was like, oh, this is like the way it feels when I'm having a lucid dream. So I thought, oh, this huh. is a dream. Like I could like, I can do whatever I want right now. And my friends were like, no, you're high. <laughs> you're not dreaming actually. This is, you're just high. Yeah. I was like, okay, sure. We went inside and like immediately my buddy who like the one who like uh, procured the weed for us, mm-hmm. um, he was like, oh, you got to eat. Like eating is the best thing to do in your eye. So we went in, uh, we made pizza, like DiGiorno, and then we mm. had ice cream and we took the scoops of ice cream and we had it with oh, the pizza. No. And we were like combining it. We're like, oh my God, salty, sweet. This is amazing. And everybody's like, oh, it's the best. It's the best thing I've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> Everything like, you make when you're high is the best thing ever. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. And we just like chilled out on my bed. We're laughing, fucking looking at each other just like for way too long, not saying anything. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, this is weird. <laughs> but it, but after that feeling it was like, okay, when am I going to get high again? Like I, I definitely was like, I definitely want to smoke weed yeah, you all the it. time. And like your friends, I wanted to do it as a activity enhancement. Yeah. And not, I'm not even kidding you from the time that I smoked that first time in high school and up until college when I ended up getting, um, the misdemeanor for it. Uh huh. That was like, I would smoke before literally anything. Like if yeah. I had weed, I was smoking it. Like waking up in the morning, I was taking a hit mm-hmm. and like starting my day. And everything I did, I did high. And it yeah. was always because, like, the idea was, okay, this is going to make whatever I'm doing next even more exciting, even yeah. more fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I could see that. I was, um, so I didn't I didn't smoke that much. I was, like, like I said, I was, like, the good kid. So people wanted me to smoke with them. Yeah. You know, they're always trying to get the good kid to do something bad, you know? Yeah. So, like, in my mind, which they didn't realize, it was like, well, I'm, I'm never going to pay for it. Right. Like, I, like I won't pay to smoke weed. Yeah. So if they're gonna offer, then I'll do it. Dude, that's so funny. So we had just a friend, whenever they it, would, we offer. had a friend who was just like that. Yeah. And we, I had, knew, we I, paid I him. It. We paid him to get high with us the first time. He's <laughs> like, I'm not gonna smoke weed. I don't want to do that. You guys are fucking losers. Yeah. And we said, Oh yeah, okay, fine. But like, what if we paid you to smoke with us? He's like, If you pay me, I'll do it. <laughs> and then he got high that first time and was like, I'm gonna get high every single day. Yeah. like he loved it more than anyone oh my gosh um when you brought up the food though that did remind me so like i said i was all good up up to college but then there was one time where my friend who went to fsu he was having just a little birthday party like at his house so i drove up there for the weekend and they were they were rolling the weed with like like with a tobacco wrap you know I i don't know what that would be called like a spliff or a yeah. Or a blunt. I don't well, know. it's a blunt if you just put it in the uh, tobacco wrap, right? It's like uh-huh. you like buy like a grape duchy mm-hmm. and then you unpack the tobacco yeah, and that's you pack it with did. weed. That's a blunt. Okay. A, a spliff is when you take paper, right? It could be like any rolling paper and you mix marijuana with tobacco. Oh, okay. No, that's that a sounds, split. That sounds horrible. It is amazing. It's the best, by far the best way to get high. The best buzz. It probably... Oh, yeah. I mean, think about probably, your Zins, right? Yeah. Now... 
mix the Zen buzz with the marijuana high. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. At that time, I was very against like cigarettes and tobacco, like just yeah. the thought of it, because my parents smoked for years and years. I couldn't stand the smell no. of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that time, when I when I smoked the, the blunt, I just got like ill, like just... Yeah. had to vomit like i just Ooh. went outside like throwing you up you got dizzy i came back in i'm i'm like a trooper though like i came back in i went up i was like yo steve i'm just gonna take a nap real quick so i go up take a nap i woke up like probably 45 minutes later just like good to go yeah or i thought i was good to go come back down the stairs sit on the couch and i was just zoned out <laughs> yeah somebody brought over some some like uh cheetos i think and I just remember putting a Cheeto in my mouth and I was probably chewing on that same Cheeto for like 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Blunts were like in college. My favorite thing to smoke. Um, my friend Raphael rolled the best. So we called them raft blunts. <laughs> it was like a perfect blunt yeah. you could ever do. For whatever reason, whenever I tried to roll them, they always came out curved. <laughs> so I wasn't the blunt guy. But Raphael was the blunt guy. And we played a game called the blunt game because we weren't that creative. Mm-hmm. And the objective was you smoke the blunt down to the stinger. Okay. Whoever cannot get a hit out of the stinger has, has to, to eat, eat it. it. Uh, yeah. I knew you were going. Dude, there. we would, all of us had calluses on our fingers <laughs> from playing this game so much. We'd burn our fingertips burn. trying to get that hit. So you wouldn't have to eat it. <laughs> it would get to it down to a point where you would literally have it. Like you would just have it on your finger or in the palm of your hand. And it would just be generating smoke. And you'd be trying to hit above the <laughs> blunt. Like just breathing the smoke that's smoking off your hand. <laughs> <laughs> like just burning your breathing hand. in this fleshy fucking blunt you're like <laughs> and everyone had to see it if like one person didn't see it you'd the have to try and hit out. it again so uh, you can get no. the smoke otherwise you have to eat it yeah but is that like when we play chill and everybody has to see it, it exactly hit. no 100 it depending <laughs> who, who your friends were right yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. no no i saw it i saw it like, I we're saw not gonna it. make him eat it like yeah. everyone a lot of times like you play the game and you had a person in mind who you wanted to eat at that time yeah so it'd be like this conspiracy to get everyone to <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. I saw the smoke on that one. And the one guy's like, what the fuck are you talking about? There's nothing. You're like managing your hits, trying to either hit it harder or softer to yeah. get it to him. Yeah, and they're looking around and they see everyone's eyes looking at him like, oh, no, it's me this time. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that shit. I, I miss the act of smoking with my friends more than I miss getting high. Yeah. Like, I don't smoke weed anymore because it makes me uh uncomfortable right mm-hmm. like every time i smoke i get uncomfortable sometimes i'll smoke to get uncomfortable like all right it's, i need to be a little humbled right yeah i want to have that experience of discomfort yeah that way when i wake up tomorrow morning i feel like a million bucks uh-huh. <laughs> but um like the high for me now is not being high anymore um yeah. but I, I really miss smoking with my friends like it's that's why when carson when we were in colorado when yeah. we went to the concert carson that's and i tried to dude. smoke that joint we're yeah. like I had my arm around my brother. He's like, dude, I miss this. He's like, I know this is amazing. It's fantastic. We're like passing the joint back and forth, like feeling the love. Yeah. Fast and forward, then like five, five minutes, minutes later. later, I was on the ground. I was just <laughs> you like, were both on the ground. Yeah, I was squatting. I'm like, okay, like down here, I feel fine. Like the blood rushed out of my face, down on my feet. I was like, got to get low. You know? <laughs> I don't want to pass out here. I'm not passing out. Like my head's buzzing. I feel like I'm yeah. like getting lightheaded, feeling all the classic discomfort that you get from being way too high. Yeah. And, and Car- certain- Carson's up there jamming, enjoying the music. He looked down at me. He's like, you good? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Just need to like, need a few minutes. And then next thing you know, Carson drops down. I was like, we got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> 
Yeah, I was gonna say we have to also remember with with that night is it was rainy, it was freezing, it was cold. We were in the thinnest ponchos, just trying to literally my arms inside of all my clothes, just trying to just shivering, yeah. shivering, shivering. You looked cool as a cucumber though. Yeah, I was. Like cool at one shit, point, dude. I was me and my brother were on the ground. Hyping each other, like, all right, we're gonna get through this. It's gonna be fine, you know. Like, we're we're big boys, <laughs> and uh, and then you look over. I see you, like, you have your arms on the post, like you're kind of like chilled out, bent over, and then you look to your right and you don't see us, <laughs> and then you kind of like slowly like look back at the concert and kind of keep your head bobbing, <laughs> and then later on you're like, yeah, I looked over, I didn't see you guys. I thought you were just like gone. <laughs> it's like, but you I didn't, didn't realize, you but were you down didn't there. do anything about it. Like you didn't like. <laughs> You didn't go looking. It was just a acknowledgement of, oh, they're not here anymore. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to the concert. Well, I think when I'm high, I'm pretty like solo, you know? Yeah. Like I'm not worried about other people anymore. I'm just like focused on my experience, yeah. which I think is why, why, for one, I stopped eating edibles or smoking before this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think when we go to concerts and stuff, like I... I I'll, I don't want to do it anymore because I feel like I can tell uh, Carson doesn't really like when I do it or or because it just seems like I'm quiet and like to myself. Yeah. Which I, I think maybe it hinders other people's experience, you know. They're trying I, to enjoy it with you and yeah, you're yeah, by default having a solo adventure. Experience, which, which I love. Yeah. But, you know, I don't, I'm courteous of other people. Like I don't want to not you know but you would never go to, to the table because i you know i i you know i make it better for other people so. yeah <laughs> but you would never go to like a concert solo and just get high as fuck no i don't think i would but you would enjoy it just as much i would enjoy it yeah. why wouldn't you do that i don't know no i don't do a lot of things solo you know i don't, I don't do a lot of things by myself like yeah. just go out by myself like when i do like solo work trips and mm-hmm. i'm gone for a few days yeah. on the road there's something lonely about like going out and having dinner by myself yeah. um or like you know obviously i'm planning this whole agenda and doing doing what i need to do for business but there's a lot of downtime after that right yeah like i've gone to a movie by myself yeah um I, obviously i've had dinner on my own and like i enjoy the like solitude a little bit yeah it's a very different experience yeah when you're just like alone i think that um like one of the things that's kind of fucked up about our world at the moment is that people don't know how to just be alone with themselves Mm. like boredom is really good for creativity like some of the best thoughts and you've talked about this that you'll ever have are when you're on the road by yourself on a long drive yeah and it's quiet Mm -hmm. and you just have this amazing flow Mm -hmm. of of thinking of like information kind of coming without any sort of effort. Yeah. And it's because you're bored as fuck. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing with being in a car too is different from just being, you know, sitting on your couch because you can't be on your phone the whole time you're driving. You got to be like kind of focused on the road. When you're sitting on the couch, you just kill your boredom with with messing around on your phone and stuff. You're not really necessarily thinking about anything. Yeah. You, You find ways to just like occupy yourself. Whereas if you're driving, you're you know, you're just going straight. Yeah, you don't have another option. <laughs> exactly. But that's my point, though, is that you should be able to sit out at a dinner by yourself or be on your couch and not have the entertainment happening on the TV and not have the distractions mm-hmm. on your phone. You should you should try to set time aside to be bored. And I just think yeah. that nowadays boredom is an enemy. 
yeah. of of like sanity. And I think it's the opposite. I think that being bored is how we spent most of our time as evolving human beings, right? Like, <laughs> like if you think about the ancestors who were hunting and gathering, when the job was done, they were just sitting around a fucking fire. Yeah, yeah. Like when you're like, why is it that when you look at a fire, you're so engrossed? You know, why is it that when you're looking at that fire, you don't have the feeling necessarily to pick up your phone and like scroll through TikTok yeah, or Instagram. You can just look at the fire mm-hmm. and watch it for 30 minutes an hour. Yeah. If you really think about what's happening, you're tapping into like this old, ancient sort of like <laughs> primal primal thing. <laughs> and it's when you're looking at the fire, it's like your brain goes quiet. And you're mm-hmm. you're bored. Like you're, what you're doing is no different than what you would be doing on the couch, except you don't have a flame. You know. Yeah. I think it's good to do that. I think it's good to sit down sometimes and feel boredom. I agree as well. But like, who does that? Not just, a lot of people. Just sits on the couch with like no TV on, no phone, and just kind of. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you get that experience from driving, maybe mm-hmm. you've have maybe you're having enough of that moment. But if you're not, if you find yourself even in the car. Uh, maybe you're listening to music or you listen to a podcast. Like I, I'm yeah. guilty of that too, right? Like I'm, when I drive home today, I'll be like, all right, I'm definitely gonna put on a podcast. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Maybe I won't now. Maybe I'll just sit there. Maybe I'll cut the music and I'll just drive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'll write down some thoughts that I have for the next podcast. There you go. Tighten up your two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For those listening, Michael's trying to get us to do a tight two, and we're gonna. Meaning two minutes of comedy. That's right. I need to. I need to explain yeah, that a little bit. We're further. We're insiders. You know, we're comedians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michael would like to think that we're all comedians. Yeah. Um. So with that, he wants us to create a tight two of comedy that we're going to deli- that we're going to deliver on this podcast for your enjoyment. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be hard to listen to, but <laughs> we're going to do it anyway. We're going to be terrible. It's going to be. But we're going <laughs> to. We're definitely going to beat each other up after <laughs> i think that we'll have to download a laugh track <laughs> throw it on here exactly <laughs> yeah like, yeah exactly have michael working on the, yeah, yeah, the, sound the soundboard <laughs> and then when michael does it we just won't play any of just it just know, dead yeah, air just silence <laughs> uh, yeah oh, the other thing i was gonna say um when you were talking about how you and carson were like uh down on the ground and you're you're you know you're like we're gonna get through this you know yeah there's like um there's a certain like mental strength to that um kind of like you know you could just let yourself pass out you could just close your eyes and you probably knock out yeah but there's a certain like mental strength that it takes to like fight through that yeah and it's the same thing that i face every time basically on new year's would be a good example mm-hmm. when we're driving back from wherever we were the, the new year's party yes and I'm always, I've always drank too much. And uh, this particular time, I'm sitting in the middle. You're crossfaded. And I'm literally just like holding it together. You guys don't even realize how long I had been holding it together. Just my, my hand starts like touching my face and rubbing my forehead. I'm just like <laughs> barely keeping it together for an entire car yeah. ride. And it takes so much mental strength. To not just like throw up, puke everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's been so many, and I hate being in that scenario. But well, I remember you, you said you're like, you... why me? You you said like, why is it always me? Yeah, I'm like why do I always do this? <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what that feeling is, though. I I've been in your situation. That's why I said blast the air, put the air on him, because like that cold air 
that little bit is like just enough to kind of hold you over. Yeah. I feel like you asked like, is that better? And I was like, a little. A little. Yeah. <laughs> a little. A little. But yeah, it was like, it was cold outside. So we had the hot air that mm. it was still in the car. You didn't have a seat. You weren't comfortable. You were crouched over. You were drunk and high and had a sixer in. Yeah. Um, you were buzzing and you're like, I'm getting car sick. Yeah. And I, I and could, I already get car sick sober. Yeah. So <laughs> it was, it was a mess, but yeah, yeah. There is a lot of mental strength in, I didn't in holding that shit out. Made yeah. it all the way back. <laughs> yeah. I'll always make it all the way back. Except for that one time I had them <laughs> roll the window down on John's bachelor party. Oh, yeah. Well, that was... Yeah, you played a little bit too many drinking games, and you lost a lot of those drinking I games. I sure did. Yeah. yeah. You get hit playing the uh, the drinking hockey. You get hit a few times. That's like quick five yeah. beers. Yeah, your, your friends are no joke, too. They'll keep that quarter spinning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it just had me thinking of, like, like, the mental strength. Like, does that equate to the same sort of mental strength like um like let's say when i was in high school and you had to run the mile mm-hmm. and it for me it was like i never tr- like trained to run long distances it was just like can i just keep myself going can i just keep my legs moving and running straight i, I told my f- my friends at the time who were running with me they're like how do you just keep going i was like it's mind over matter 100 <laughs> percent. literally just keep going <laughs> yeah but that's a really i have that problem like when i i don't like to run because of that exact thing. Mm-hmm. I get to a point where I'm like, I just don't want to do this anymore. That's and I have the option. That's the mental weakness. I have the option to not, yeah. you know, I know I would feel better mm-hmm. and I would feel a lot more pride in finishing knowing damn well, I pushed myself the entire time. And I'm also aware of the fact that I can, like, there's not like this voice in my head. That's like, you can't do it anymore. You can't, you, you fucking weak. You can't do it. Like that's yeah. not there. It's just, I don't want to, but I don't want to anymore. I feel like that's a little like, do you ever, do you ever test yourself and just literally push yourself like with, with anything? Yeah. Weed. Like I will literally, like I said, I will, there are times when I'll, Carlo would be out of town. I'm like, okay, got the house to myself. I'm not going to be a hindrance to anybody. That's yeah. a big part of it. But I'm like, I know if I smoke this, I'm going to feel like I'm dying. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give myself a panic attack. I'm going to have the experience of like thinking that I need to go to the hospital yeah. I'm going to feel so uncomfortable, but I'm going to do it because let's just see what happens. Uh-huh. And I, I do that or I've done that, you know, in a more like less drug influenced way. If I'm at the gym, okay. Yeah. I know I can't do this weight at, you know, I can't do a set of this, but I'm going to push it. Yeah. Right. And I'm going to go for it. And I don't have a spotter. I'm being irresponsible, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I, I think I, I've got it in the bag. I just have to believe it. Yeah, that's and you more go long. and I'm like shaking my fucking way through it, and I get to a like halfway point. I'm like, I don't think I got this, and I'm like, well, I, I don't want to be embarrassed. <laughs> I don't want to have to like struggle and have someone come get the weights off me. Like I'll shit my pants pushing out that weight before I <laughs> I yell for help. You know? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's more along the lines of, of what I was thinking of, like pushing your like mentally pushing yourself like past the point of like what you think you can physically do. Yeah. Like just mentally saying like, no, I'm going to do this, you know, like there, I feel like there is something to that. Rock climbing. When I would rock climb, Mm -hmm. that was the only way you could progress. Mm -hmm. And now that you bring it up and I'm thinking about it, that's probably some of the most proud of my effort that I've ever been Mm -hmm. because it's, you're climbing and this is like 
I was lead climbing. Do you know what that is? Yeah, you go first, right? And then so, they kind of like... Yeah, so a lead, them, a lead climber is you're you're lined up with a guy at the bottom. So the person's going to be belaying you, but you have to clip in along the way. Mm, yeah. So wherever you clip mm-hmm. is technically think of it as like a checkpoint. If I fall, I'll only fall to the so last there, clip. Okay. But you can climb, you know, an extra six feet between one clip and the next. Mm-hmm. Sometimes six, sometimes nine, etc. It, it's It varies. But if you don't make that next clip, you could climb all the way up to the next checkpoint and miss your clip and fall. And when you fall, you're feeling all of the gap at which you were just climbed. Yeah. Plus a little bit more, depending on how high, how, how high up you are, because your belayer can like end up jump like you. They'll get ripped off the ground and like come halfway <laughs> up or whatever it is, depending on the weight differential. But there's in climbing, you have to measure your ability to get to the next spot mm-hmm. and you have to have the strength to hold yourself to get the clip out you have you know there's a lot of like muscle involved and if you're going for a really tricky spot or like you're on a really sketchy hold Mm -hmm. you have to just like put all your faith into like this tiny little grip that you've got it with two two the edges of your two fingers and you're like all right like i'm gonna put my weight on this and i gotta bring my other hand up to get this clip in yeah like you have to go for that spot if you don't go for it you'll never actually get past that point yeah. And there's, you know, the way that they grade a climb, uh, it varies. And so like for you to go from like climbing a tenor to an 11, it's like, it's a big gap in skill. Mm. And the only way you're going to get to that end goal is by taking risks. Uh-huh. Calculated risks. Yeah. Have you ever taken like a decent fall? Yes. <laughs> really? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I went for like what there was one. I was like, I was lead climbing. I was in the gym. So it wasn't like crazy, but mm-hmm. I probably fell like 12 feet. Oh, um, but you were just kind of like dangling. Right? Yeah. And like I had, I pulled a bunch of rope to get this like clip in. Mm-hmm. So I'm like creating a lot of slack for mm-hmm. myself. Yeah. You never want to create more slack than you actually have the distance to fall because all that slack becomes empty rope. Yeah. Um, and the way I had to get this clip, it was like over a ledge. So I'm like reaching over the top of a rock. Mm hmm. And I'm like moving my body weight around it and I couldn't get it. So I thought, okay, I I can't get that. But if I pull the slack and I go for like a leap, like a leapfrog and I can grab the next hold, it's a good hold. I should (laughs) be able to have it. Yeah. So I pulled all the slack and I leapt trying to get around this ledge. Yeah. And I got the hold of my hand, but like my uh, momentum pulled me out and I slipped and I slipped with all of that extra slack in oh, my line. Wow. It's like, it wasn't a wise move, but I took the shot. Yeah. And I fell and the guy belaying me fucking shot up. And him and I, I probably was like 10 inches from the ground oh my God. <laughs> by the time like I actually caught and was like, would have broke a leg or two. Yeah. And he came zooming up way past me. So he was like halfway up the wall and I was at the bottom on like just floating inches above the ground. Like, holy <laughs> oh shit. God. Yeah. I love now, now climbing. Now you're playing him. He's yeah. Like. <laughs> I miss climbing so much. It was it was a blast. In Jacksonville, there was a rock gym up there. Yeah. That was relatively close. I had a membership. So for like a, a year and change, I was like consistently climbing every week. Mm. Uh, yeah. If there was a place like around here, not down in Miami, like I uh, would I would do it. No doubt. It's a great workout for sure. It's fun too. It's like the I most preferred bouldering just because it seemed like there was less uh, like to it. You don't have to belay. You don't got to be hooked up. You yeah. don't need a harness. You kind of just climb and then belaying or um, 
uh, bouldering. Bouldering is puzzle. It's like puzzling out a problem. Yeah. With strength. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you have to have the physical ability to do mm-hmm. the route, but you also have to have the mind and body coordination to puzzle out the route. Com- yeah. Like it, it's a hundred percent like mind first, like being able to know how to place your body and like having the I, like physical IQ. Like mm-hmm. how do I mm-hmm. move my weight so that way I can like get to the next hold. Yeah before your strength like you if you have the mind for it you'll be a great climber before you have the strength for it yeah 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 i feel like i've always had good like like body awareness just from playing like you know basketball football you know you're trying to yeah juke people coordinated you know spin moves and whatnot you kind of feel where you have to put your weight so that you can push off of it yeah um so yeah, when I did bouldering with Michael, I was already pretty good at it, but I definitely hit some like strength limitations. Yeah, where, like you start to your, shake. Your forearms and your and your wrists are just not there anymore. Yeah, you start to like shiver and you're like holding on for dear life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like when Carson went up on the wall. I'm sure you were. Oh, his legs were shaking, dude. He's like a. <laughs> <laughs> he's just scared of heights, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a strength thing. It's like Carson, you're only two feet off the ground, man. <laughs> he's like, but I'm tall. Look high. <laughs> <laughs> big man fall hard <laughs> yeah yeah with the bouldering too like if you don't fall right there is a risk of like rolling an ankle you mm-hmm. know like falling on your arm and snapping an arm or something yeah i mean i guess but <laughs> you shouldn't be climbing if you're that uncoordinated yeah yeah no it's interesting going back to the to the drug thing you said that i, I when you and i have actually never talked about this you did the cocaine uh-huh did you feel it i don't think i did really i think i was too drunk from like you know the we did the food truck with the brewery then we did the strip club and then i think i was just too drunk at that point to really adrenaline was already going yeah yeah or maybe i just didn't get enough but i mean it was a line yeah you probably should have felt that yeah 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 i mean it also could have been like shitty 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 cocaine but still i mean it's very different experience than like weed i think that um Cocaine is kind of like an ego drug. Really? Similar to, like, if you were to ever do, like, Adderall or something. Mm-hmm. I'd want to try it. It's more of a, yeah, it's more of, like, a mental stimulant than it is a psychedelic sort of experience. Like, I think even weed, like, on the mildest cases, if you smoke, you're having a a really foreign body or mind experience, right? Like you're mm-hmm. you're shifting your perspective, and you're using different parts of your brain uh, to kind of perceive the world. Whereas with cocaine, it's all it's all I'm the best. <laughs> I, I am capable of you're cool as shit right I'm, now. Yeah, no, legit. Like <laughs> I'm capable. You know, you, you do some cocaine, you're wide awake, you were sh- you feel sharp, you're ready to have any sort of problem be solved mm-hmm. if it's if you're confronted with it you don't you, you don't have any like self-doubt it's just i'm ready for it uh-huh. so it's not like a measurable experience like yeah you can feel numb like if you have some good blow like maybe your face or like you feel like numb literally mm-hmm. or your mouth goes numb or whatever that's like the physical sensation but other than that it's just like energy and confidence 
And it's usually like a little quicker of a trip, right? Yeah. Well, that's why it's habit forming, right? You, you do you do a line constantly. and then like 30 minutes later, you're like, all right, I can do another one. Or if you do a <laughs> bump, like you could be doing bumps every 15 minutes. Yeah. See, that's a problem. That That's a drug I would not want to get into. Yeah. <laughs> What's your curiosity with like mushrooms? Um, I think it's just a sort of a general curiosity. Like I haven't read much into it. I don't really want to know. I don't really want to know like what could go wrong or what could go right, really. Uh huh. Because then, I think if I know what could go wrong, just having that in my mind will manifest it. Yeah. You know. Sure. Maybe. I think I'd. Re- I just want to, you know, see what it's all about. So it's just a pure curiosity. Yeah. There's no like I want to fix this or I want to be insightful about no, this or that. No, none of that. No. It's just curious. I, I mean, if like. that's a byproduct, sure. But, you know, you just hear, you know, people on podcasts or or, or whatever, set, you know, talking about how great it is and whatnot. You're like, oh, I'll try that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mushrooms are a, a fun one for most people. For most people. Uh, you know that there's been bad no, yeah, instances, but yeah, that's yeah. the same thing Everybody's with weed, right? Like a bad I, trip. Yeah, you can smoke weed every day and be fine, and I can smoke weed one time and I feel like I'm dying. Yeah. So. Yeah, but, we'll see though. Yeah, but there's strength in that. <laughs> there's strength in feeling like you're dying and not making it a problem for other people. Mental strength. <laughs> yeah. We talked a little bit about um, recently. We went to Austin for Michael's bachelor party. We went to a comedy show. At the Mothership, Joe Rogan's Comedy Club. Really nice setup. I liked the place. Yeah, everything about that place was awesome. The first hour I enjoyed, mm-hmm. but the rest of it was a bit of a, um, a struggle. I think <laughs> yeah. the comedians weren't really up to snuff. and I think it was a lineup of people who were all just working stuff out. Yeah, and that's cool. Like I think most comedy clubs, you go in, you get the bad ones first, and then they finish strong. Mm-hmm. But at Rogan's club, it felt like he intentionally throws out, not even him, but just like the structure is mm-hmm. go out strong. So that way the audience is warm for the people who suck. Right. Yeah. And we we saw some comedians who were on the nose with some of their content. Right. Like they tried to be on the edge of what's funny. And I appreciated that even if they weren't funny. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I guess my question is. Do you think, Kyle, that there are any topics in comedy that you should not be able to joke about? I I don't think so. I think anything's on the table, but if it's not funny, you're going to have to face the repercussions of it, you know? Yeah, okay. And there's always going to be people that are offended. Yeah. No, no matter what you're talking about, there's always going to be some group of people that's offended about it. So let's say I'm a person who thinks that you shouldn't be able to joke about just about anything. Like I, I say, no, 9-11 is not funny. You shouldn't be joking about 9-11. Mm-hmm. What's like, why, what is... So I'm somebody who would say, if you're going to do a 9-11 joke, you better make sure it's funny because that's a touchy subject. Yeah. So you, you just think, have to know it's a touchy subject. So you think it's okay for people to criticize the comedian who goes out on a limb trying to make a, uh, a racy joke? I think if the if the criticism is based in that wasn't funny, like that joke wasn't funny, as opposed to that joke was insensitive or you shouldn't joke about that, I think you can say whatever you want. Like if he tells a 9-11 joke and it just 
flopped. It was terrible. I think it's definitely fair to say, like, hey, that joke sucked. Like, yeah, that but joke you don't think funny. that they should be canceled, though? Nah, I don't think so. Like, if you make a joke about, like, if you're a white comedian, you make jokes about black people, mm-hmm. they should be able to make those jokes. Yeah, and I think, I think, yes, they should be able to make those jokes. But if they're not funny, they're they're just not going to become popular. You know, they're they're not going to grow as a comedian. They're not going to become popular. Like it works itself out. Yeah. Like if you're telling all these black jokes as a white comedian, and nobody likes them, even white people don't like them. Mm-hmm. Like people are just going to stop going to see you, and yeah. you're just going to fail. And then I feel like Chappelle's kind of going through that right now. Chappelle is a comedian. You don't find Chappelle funny. Not really. I used to like Chappelle's show growing up. Okay, so this is perfect then. Mm -hmm. Dave Chappelle is getting a lot of hate because he makes jokes about the trans community. Mm -hmm. Right? Obviously, this is a very sore subject in our society today. This is like a group of people that I think the average person would say, I don't want to talk about it or just... In general, it's like a don't go there kind of conversation. Yeah. And and I think the role of a comedian is to go there. To go there and right. find a way to make yeah, it funny. Yeah, let's try and make it funny. Yeah. Chappelle, his comedy style now is different than I think some of his older content in which like he's a little bit more of like a seen and perceived as a thinker. Mm-hmm. And his, his humor and his jokes are taken a lot more literal nowadays like people value his opinion on things so i think mm, that his rather than joke, just taking it as a joke yeah so his jokes maybe aren't landing that same way mm. but even still like you don't find him to be that funny in his stand-up yeah so, i mean there'll be there'll be sections of you know uh, his his stand-ups that he's put on netflix there'll be definitely parts that i like but a lot of it i don't yeah yeah and like dave is now i think a lot of people are trying to remove dave from the public sphere because his humor right because Mm -hmm. of his jokes about the trans people is like i guess i don't think that there's anything that shouldn't be that should be taken off the table as far as comedy goes there's nothing i don't think there's a single thing on this planet i don't care how personal or or obtuse the topic is Mm -hmm. to anyone's day-to-day life i think that you should be able to joke about it right even in like immediate friendships if someone has like committed suicide for example and you want to make a joke about that mm-hmm. i think that if you can land the joke and it's funny even just one person yeah that's good if your intention is to make people laugh i don't think that you should be getting any sort of slack i think people could say that wasn't funny but i don't think that you should receive any sort of hate i don't think people should try to cancel you mm-hmm. i understand that people will and that's completely their prerogative right i'm not trying to cancel the cancel culture right yeah it is what it is um it's just interesting to me that like you're a comedian and I, I think you and I see the same point. Yeah, it it's sounds like, like you're on the your same job side. is to make people laugh. Therefore, anything that you do on stage should be under the lens of, well, their intention was to make people laugh. Yeah. Yeah. But even still, you and I witnessed what we think as a comedian at the mothership who wasn't being funny. He was just being mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Don't remember his name, but yeah. And there's a clear difference. Mm-hmm. What what winds me up is like, how do you not see the difference in like a person who's trying to make jokes versus a person who's like just being an just ass. being mean? Yeah. yeah, like I don't think Dave Chappelle's just being an asshole. 
Mm. There might be times when he's on stage, he's fucking drunk and he goes off the cuff. That's <laughs> different. But like he's doing material. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what his material is and you're getting upset about the guy. Yeah. It's the same thing with like Louis making pedo jokes, right? Um, you're doing like pedophile jokes. Yeah. Those are going to get some groans. Yeah. But, but he, that's the point. He finds a way to make it funny. Yeah, though. you have. Yeah, right. He's pulling you in from a place where you're really uncomfortable, mm -hmm. and he's able to make you laugh at it. Or yeah. even if you're not laughing at it, if you look around the room and people are laughing, you have to think to yourself, okay, the intention isn't to be fucking gross. Yeah. He's not trying to hurt anyone's feelings. He's not trying to make you feel bad. Yeah. He's just trying to put a really interesting sort of spin on something that does make you uncomfortable. Yeah, I think that's... He said that on a podcast. I think it might have been Theo Vaughn's or something like not too long ago where he was promoting a movie that came out and he was saying he likes to find the jokes where the first time he tells it, the whole room kind of like groans and mm -hmm. so he knows he touched on something that makes people uncomfortable and then he likes to sit in that yeah. and find how he can make that funny. Mm -hmm. Like that's literally his goal. That's yeah. most of his jokes. That would be interesting to go to like one of his uh, like he's working out his bit. You know, <laughs> yeah, like you yeah. go and you see him and like he just pops into the store or something and you're like, oh fuck, Louis here. And he's trying to work out some bit yeah. And it's just like, oh, my yeah, yeah. God. I can imagine it'd probably be like pretty bad. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I think I think a lot of what we saw when we were at the mothership was like comedians trying to figure it out. Yeah. But some of the stuff that they were trying to figure out, it had nowhere to go. I don't even think it was a good premise. It would have never gone anywhere. Yeah. The guy, the one dude who was like, all right, this is my impression of a blind guy solving a Rubik's Cube. There's nothing funny about that. Well, I think also with that, you knew what the joke was going to be immediately as yeah. he set it up. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, he's going to solve, solve it quick. And yeah. it's not going to be right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think, yeah. It would have been funnier if he actually solved it perfectly. <laughs> it would have been more <laughs> you know? impressive. Yeah. yeah, like, oh, wow, blind people are capable. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, though. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes just... I don't typically like the easy joke. I think I, I I'm pretty good at like seeing where it's gonna go. where it's gonna go. And if I know where it's going and then it goes there, you won't get a laugh out of me ever. Yeah, I feel like I'll, I'll, when I actually start to write that tight too, I think it'll all come together like pretty quickly. Probably just like in one session, not perfectly thought out but i think the premises will all come like yeah. pretty quickly it's funny i've like because michael has put this into like my head that this is something that we're doing mm -hmm. there have been moments where i think of something that i'm like oh that's a funny premise yeah i should write it down yeah and i i don't and i forget and now i'm like thinking to myself fuck what was that thing i thought of <laughs> i wish i i wish i could like pull that back but i don't have it anymore yeah, something may trigger the memory, but it would be interesting to be a comedian where like your entire job is to come up with that shit. Mm -hmm. Like, what is the experience like for them? Like, do they like a lot of uh, like if you think about a lot of the big comedians, they are a little fucked up, right? Yeah. Even Theo Vaughn has like had his issues with addiction. Yeah, um, you've got like Chappelle, who's an alcoholic. <laughs> you've got uh, who's that one guy? The dude, he was crazy. He was addicted to crack, fought a middle schooler. Oh, my God. Um, he's popular now. He's like a black comedian. 
used to dress up like a pimp. Oh, Cat Williams? Cat Williams. <laughs> yeah, dude was a Autumn fucking... middle schooler. Yeah. Dude, there's a video of him. It was a plant. High as fuck. <laughs> Uh, talking like tra- talking shit to a middle schooler. A middle schooler whooped his ass it's like a little <laughs> kid. Um, I just feel like a lot of comedians have like fucked up lives. Yeah. Or they have. Um, I mean, don't know, like, necessarily some sort of have vice. to, but their brain just works differently to where like it le- probably lends itself to. Yeah. Like how, how much of that Artie Lang, big fucking drug uh, yeah. drug addict. But yeah. it's like how I wonder how much of it is like once you choose the path of comedian. Are you doing things in a crazy way to almost like cultivate content? Mm. Or are you just wired? Like, are you born a comedian or do you become one? You know Mm. what I mean? Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, I would would go towards... You're probably born with a you know, a brain that works different, just works differently than than people. Yeah. Like you know, not to toot my own horn. I think I have a bit of like a comedian's brain. I mean, that sounds, just cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) I cut that out. I feel like some people, you just like kind of naturally understand like humor better, like timing of jokes. Yeah. Like even if what you're saying is not funny, you get like the, the timing of it. Um, or, like I kind of said before, you can kind of see the direction that somebody's going. Like you can yeah. almost anticipate mm-hmm. the jokes. Um, but I think I don't know where I was going with this with this whole thing. I don't remember what you said. Well, I don't remember what I from said. From what you're saying, I think <laughs> I wonder if you're confusing like a funny. Oh, are you per- born a comedian or? No, I, I was gonna say I think you might be confusing the art of stand-up mm-hmm. with being a funny person. Just a funny person. Like know. I think you're a funny person. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that you would be a great stand-up comic. Yeah, like that is know. a skill that you have to cultivate. Yeah, there yeah. Are, there are people who might be wired different who can get up on stage and deliver a like. There was that one guy at the comedy uh, mothership, mm-hmm. old man. He went up on stage. He didn't write. He had never written down a single joke in his life. He went up <laughs> on stage and he just fucking rambled. Yeah, I'm not saying everything he was saying was funny. Definitely but wasn't. He had the the muscle of getting up on stage and filling 20 minutes of time yeah. with bullshit that that was for what it's worth some of it was sus- funny yeah it was a succinct or at least good premises yeah it was a it was a succinct like performance mm-hmm. you know he went up there and he delivered a performance that was completely off the cuff he has the muscle to be a great comedian yeah he's way past his ability to be good because he's fucking old as hell <laughs> um but yeah i mean like that's a muscle but like he may not be a funny person you know hanging out with him on the couch he may not just like have he may not have it in him just like be goofy be silly mm-hmm. like make people mm-hmm. laugh on the on the rip but he can get up on stage and do whatever the fuck that was yeah it's interesting like i like Raphael is a perfect example um friend of ours he's hilarious by far one of the funniest people i've ever met and i i genuinely say with confidence Anybody who knows him would mm. agree. Yeah. But do I think Raphael could get up on stage and deliver 10 minutes of comedy? Probably. He could. He's good at everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he could probably do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but, I, uh, I've always found it easier to be uh, like funny in writing. Like I can write funny. That's why in my mind, I feel like if I got over the, 
performance. It, it would, yeah, it would probably take a lot to get over like nerves of performance and yeah. that. But like, I always find it easy to be funny in in writing, mm-hmm. like texts or or whatever it is. Like, like I feel like, um, I would love to try to if I had a good idea, I would love to try to write like like a script, like some kind of like comedy script. Yeah. Whether it's for like a you know a short thing or or I don't think I could write a whole movie. I mean, maybe I'm not giving myself enough credit. But well, if you, <laughs> if you let yourself be bored for a little while, maybe you yeah, could. Yeah, yeah, Just stop turning the TV on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I've had people tell me that I'm one of the funniest people they know in text. <laughs> there you go. I actually screenshotted a picture of my friend telling me that. <laughs> and I printed it and I put it on my wall. No. You, know you know what's interesting is I don't find like, because I like comedy so much i feel like i've spent too much time on trying to understand like how comedians cultivate their art yeah that now when i watch stand-up mm-hmm. i almost don't even find myself laughing More anymore analytical. i'm just like wow that was good yeah it was a good job wow that was fantastic what a for, like what a masterful delivery yeah. of all of these things it's funny that's what a lot of comedians say like when they they watch one of their you know peers do stand-up they're, they don't really even laugh. They just kind of admire, like, yeah. damn. Damn, that was good. Yeah. But I have to say, of all the recent comics that I've, uh, like, seen, mm-hmm. Shane Gillis had me on the fucking floor. Yeah. His last special. Yeah. So funny. Dude, amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. So, so I've watched it three times, and I've laughed <laughs> just as hard every single time. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, Ricky Gervais. Yeah, very funny. I only discovered him through you and Michael recently. Mm-hmm. Recently, like being in the last year. Yeah. But I watched his specials and I fucking lost it. I was dying. Yeah. But now, even with Louis, like I'll watch Louis's newer stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm like more an ad, like admiring it. Admiring. And I wonder if it's because I know his shtick, right? Like I yeah. know his delivery. I know how he like creates a joke. Yeah. It's harder for him to catch people off guard now who yeah. know who he is, yes. which that's a lot of uh, his style is yeah. like kind of catching you off guard. Yeah. You kind of just now you're already ready for a left turn. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe that's on him to change it up. I, but what are you going to do though? Yeah. You know, like that's your, that's you. That's your style yeah. of humor. Well, he's still hilarious. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think he, I think Louis is the best modern comedian of our time yeah could be honestly i think Chappelle up until recently too that's how the others talk about him yeah i have a question for you okay as a uh, football watcher yes and sports enthusiast that's me and degenerate gambler doing well not a problem are you really yeah dude how much are you up if you don't mind me asking so in december i turned 100 into a grand and i cashed out 600 and now I'm back up to 600. Do you think you'll ever get to a point where you're like betting thousands of dollars at a time? Dude, I don't think I could. There's something about the the pressure of betting a large amount and like you're watching the game and it's like it's stressful. Like yeah. hearts pumping, like and that's just I've experienced that just betting like 25 bucks. I mean, granted it's to win like 500 cuz I do parlays. But like when it's, let's say you hit the first three legs of the parlay and you just need one more thing to hit for $500 and you're just, I'm sitting on the edge of the couch, like just 
heart's pumping. Okay. It sounds like your heart is pumping because you have a lot to gain, but not a lot to lose. Not a lot to lose. So if you started betting thousands of dollars, now I have a lot to lose and a lot to gain. Yeah. Like, like are you feeling like you're not up for the challenge of... I would love to get to that point, but I'd have to be way more financially stable to (laughs) start betting amounts. Kyle, you asked me earlier, have I ever challenged myself (laughs) in that sort of way? I'm quitting my job. That sounds like something that, uh, you know, maybe you should uh, push the limit on. I don't know. Yeah, right. No, definitely don't do that. As your friend, I would hate to see you. That'd be a crazy life, man. That'd be a crazy life. I've had like... That's that's um, that'll be a, a topic that I sort of like fantasize about, I guess, is where I'm going with that of like, you know, what if I did just, you know, quit my job and now I just I'm I'm a professional better and yeah. I just well, you've done well in the market, too, haven't you? Yeah, pretty well. Yeah. Um, but there's so much risk to that. You know, you don't have the stability of like a paycheck coming in every two weeks. Yeah. Now it's literally based on. Did you make a good trade or a good bet? Yeah. Or do you find that you like the sports um, more now because you bet on it? A, yes. Like it makes it entertaining to watch games that you would before, otherwise be uninvested in. Yeah, exactly. But a lot of times when I bet, um, I won't watch like all the games. I might keep an eye on the scores. Yeah. Um, you're always tapped in, but you're not necessarily enthralled in the game yeah exactly and i do feel like to to be good you kind of do have to follow you know day to day like this is this team playing well playing bad you know and that just makes you better at it more successful yeah so like if you go through a a couple days where you haven't really watched anything or paid attention to anything yeah now you feel like the next bet you make you're kind of just taking a shot in the dark which isn't a good feeling Mm -hmm. which sport do you feel like you bet the most on Definitely hockey right now. Normally, when f- when football season's going on, well, like uh, right um, now, yeah, I mean it's the Super Bowl. So what I like to do is is parlays because you can bet small and win big. And when there's only one game, there's not much to parlay. Like because it's not like I'm saying this team's gonna win, this team's gonna win, this team's gonna win. When it's just one game, it's like there's a winner and a loser. You yeah. know, you can do like a same game like prop bet and you could say you know this quarterback's gonna throw for this much this receiver is gonna catch you know go for this many yards um but that's way that feels way more just lucky to me mm-hmm. as opposed to picking like a winner and loser feels like skill yeah like i know these two teams and i think this team's gonna win as opposed to oh this, this is a good receiver he's gonna catch for over 100 yards it, that's very variable game to game. Like a guy can just have a bad game mm-hmm. and or a guy can get injured in the in the first quarter. When you're betting on players, it's a little different. Yeah. That's kind of why I stopped doing um, fantasy football. I felt like every year, like I'd draft the whole team. I'd put so much effort into it. And then your star player gets injured in week two. And you're like, well, there goes my season. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like any of the sport leagues are fixed? I know like a lot of uh, conspiracy around like NBA specifically. Yeah, that's always been. Um, Haven't there like been players who NBA? come out and say like they've said outright like, oh, you have to actually score this amount in order to actually win the game technically. Well, and like then they're like, oh, we're up against the refs at that point. Or is that like just sore losing or is that like yeah, there's something to it? I feel like with with the fixed stuff, 
um, I feel like you can argue that um, refs maybe, you know, refs could be paid off because they can influence a game just with the calls they make. But I think let's take basketball for an example. Like, you know, you have 10, usually a starting lineup. I think you'll have like 11 players in rotation, something like that. You know, five on the court at each time. Um, like one player I don't think can necessarily make or break the game as much as a ref making a couple bad calls, like key bad calls to turn the momentum of a game. Mm-hmm. I I mean, that's why it was a big deal in boxing back in the day. There were fights yeah, that were fixed. fixed. It's easier for a for a boxer to take a punch in the face and pretend like it like really phased him and then, you know, go down or, or get knocked out. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's... It, I would say no. I don't think there's like fixing in modern day professional leagues like mm-hmm. NFL or NBA. But, you know, a lot of people argue like the, the, the run that the Chiefs are on right now. I mean, they beat the Dolphins in the first round of the playoffs. Then they beat the Bills. Kind of the Bills, everybody expected them to lose. Then they go and beat the Ravens. They were underdogs again. Um, and everybody was kind of saying like, oh, the refs that they put on the Ravens-Chiefs game, they always make calls against the the home team. So people were saying that. Felt a little fishy. The NFL wanted the Chiefs to make it into the Super but Bowl. But what would be the incentive for that? Because I'm not a sports guy, so I don't have any sort of context for anything that I'm even asking questions about. Yeah. Well, what they say about the Chiefs that, you know, the whole thing with the the Taylor Swift thing going on, people were saying they want the Chiefs to make it into the Super Bowl. Um, you get Taylor Swift on it's the screen marketing. more. Yeah. You, you might get more women involved in, in the sport or wanting to watch. So their, their viewership's going to go up, which that may happen. But, but I you don't, don't think it's a conspiracy. Yeah, I don't think they like did what they could to get the Chiefs into the Super Bowl. My original question was actually, how do you feel about the Taylor Swift uh, screen time during the the game? <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, for me, I don't, I don't really care. It's it just is what it is. Well, I mean, she gets like what fifteen seconds a game, probably. Probably more. You know, they'll flip to her anytime there's like a Does big, it feel, big play that just happened. I don't watch. Does it feel like it's more than 15 seconds of time? Total? Yeah. Because there's a lot of hate. There's a lot of people who fucking hate the fact that she's yeah on the screen. Like, I, I played golf yesterday with a guy who was like, fuck Taylor Swift. Fuck the Chiefs. I hate <laughs> the Chiefs because of fuck Taylor Swift. I'm like, how much time does she actually get? Like, 15 seconds? He's like, I don't care how much time is. It's too yeah. much. She's like, okay. Well, he's like, he, he said... I will not watch Chief games because I can't stand Taylor Swift being on the screen. And I'm like, well, that's just a dramatic response. Yeah, that's a, that's a bit much. I mean, I feel like that's people going out of their way to say like, oh, look what the NFL is doing, trying to, you know, focus on Taylor Swift rather than the game just to increase viewership. And it's like, but so, you're still so getting what, the same amount of game that you would be getting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except instead of them panning to some weirdo with a fucking cheese hat on and <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Taylor Swift. Right? Yeah. Like having like smiling at at someone's mother. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. I don't I don't get the fucking the like I'm not a huge Taylor Swift fan as like a like I think her music's like whatever, but I don't get the fucking how everyone's on this like bandwagon. It, it's kinda like are you a Republican or are you a Democrat? Like do you like Taylor Swift in the game or do you hate it? And 
I'm like, I don't watch sports, so for me, I'm indifferent. But to you, it's like, well, I don't really care one way or the other. Yeah, I'm also indifferent. I think it might also be one of those things, you know, things blow up online now. As soon as, like, one prominent person's like, oh, I can't stand this Taylor Swift stuff. Now everybody starts jumping on board, and it's like, yeah. it's almost like a fad to, to hate on it yeah. at this point. For you know, sure. you're just, like, jumping on the hate bandwagon. I've heard, too, that there's, like, bets that you can take now that, like, if the... Chiefs win, you can take like a dollar bet and make $5,000 if he proposes to Taylor at the oh Super Bowl or gosh. something. It wasn't Travis Kelsey. Yeah, Kelsey. Yeah, Kelsey. So like apparently like there's like bets in Vegas on yeah. the, like the proposal. Yeah, yeah. And shit like that. I mean, there's always like crazy Super Bowl prop bets you can do. I mean, you could bet on literally the coin flip. <laughs> it's just the really? most. Yeah, the most 50-50 of things you can bet on it. How much can you make? Uh, it'd probably be like betting 10 to make 20. Like it's probably 50, 50 odds. Yeah. (laughs) Damn. Yeah. See, imagine betting like a thousand dollars on a coin flip. Like that's degenerate. That's well, that's like going to, uh, the roulette table and putting a thousand on red. Yeah, exactly. It's the same. You could have the same experience at Mm -hmm. the time. See, for me, that's, that's not how I like to bet. Like I'll, I'll never take a bet. If I'm not getting like a 10 times return, like if I'm betting $10, I need to be getting back at least a hundred or I just won't even do the bet. Yeah. So maybe it's just for me, it's just like a built in risk reward sort of deal. Mm -hmm. Like if I look at it actually analytically, like back when I was doing like foreign exchange, the the big thing in foreign exchange is uh, risk reward. Like you want your ratio to be a certain amount or you won't take the trade. Right. You know, I'm not the sports guy. I like going to (laughs) Panthers games. That's about the extent of my the, the fun thing about going to Panthers games is having like a prop bet on it, like saying like this person's going to score a goal, this person's going to get an assist. Yeah. I love doing it for Panthers games that I'm going to. Because then you're like watching that player. Yeah, you're time. rooting like, on, on specific players. Yeah. There's been multiple times where like my player will, that I bet on will, will get the goal and yeah. I'll just be going wild. I mean, we already go a little wild there. but <laughs> Yeah, well, they're fun, man. They're yeah. so much fun. I think hockey is the best sport to watch live. Yes. No doubt about it. I, I mean, agree. you're in a nice temperature controlled environment mm-hmm. where there's nonstop action the entire time you're there. Yeah, that's the thing with hockey is there's not that many stoppages. It's no. just you, it's just going. And the games where there is, it's painful. Yeah, exactly. Like when they're like, like constantly ugh. going back to the face off, they come yeah, on. It's a man. terrible Fuck, period. Pick yeah. it up. Yeah, it's it's it really bums me out. Yeah, but. I, I agree though. Hockey games probably the best like live sporting event. Like I've gone to, like, I love football. Football would, I would probably say is my like number one sport, but I don't like going to games. I just feel like it's stop, go, stop, go. Well, even outside of that, cause that, you know, that kind of is the game, but, um, you can't see that well. You find yourself just kind of watching a screen, like yeah. a big screen you could above. Do that at home. Yeah. And I could be more comfortable. Got my snacks. And you get available. more angles. You get the replays. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like football is all about the highlight yeah it's i I just want to see that i don't really care at all but if i'm gonna watch football on the television i just want to see a highlight reel (laughs) just show me the highlight yeah um what was i gonna say yeah i mean basketball i've I've only gone to one basketball game and i feel like unless you're paying top dollar to sit like low like almost courtside it's kind of the same deal you can't see that well you're watching a screen yeah um yeah, in college, I liked watching my boys like play in uh, pickup leagues or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, like for the fraternities, always had like their you know you had your your A team or whatever. They'd yeah, go up against the other the other guys. It's like you're invested because you know all the people on the court. Yeah, okay. It's like you get to watch when things get physical. 
Now you're invested. Like, that's my boy. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. just fucking elbowed him in the mouth. Yeah. You know, well, how are we going to respond? And like in the crowd, all your buddies are talking mad shit yeah, to yeah. all the other players that, that like you will run into on campus. You know? <laughs> <laughs> there is a there is a uh, calculated risk involved with talking shit to that guy because he'll look at you and say, that was you, motherfucker. Yeah, I, I, you. I, I fucking see you. I fucking. <laughs> They'll point at you and be like, all right. Yeah, we got calculus together. Exactly. I'm fuck you up. Exactly. <laughs> Like I, that to me, that was so much fun watching them play because, like, I would love to go watch like you play a pickup game. Yeah, I would yeah. enjoy watching that. Yeah, yeah. But get me to a NBA game. I don't care if it's the finals. Yeah, I'm gonna be pretty bored. It's kind of lost on you. Yeah. yeah, like I don't care about these guys. Yeah, I, I would never talk shit to any of them because they're literally the best. <laughs> period. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I think that that is part of the fun though, of going to a live sporting event is just like not being rowdy in the stands but like you know like yeah. getting invested like yeah. just yelling shit dude that felt, when we like what was that like a year ago now uh panthers played the bruins the and bruins. we beat them in overtime yeah, and like yeah. all the entire stadium was filled with bruins fans yeah and they were talking shit the entire game Perfect. we were down we came Perfect. back and beat them in like 20 seconds yeah half the state half the bruins fans had already left yeah all of them left and like the guys left over who were talking shit to us the whole game yeah as if like what the fuck? You know, like, why talk shit to a fan, right? Like, who the fuck are you? I, well, who am I? Your why does team it matter? Sucks. Carson's like cursing out little kids. Like, yeah. <laughs> little kids, like, literally weeping. And Carson's like, yeah, that's fucking right, pussy. Uh, yeah. I, re I remember going, Bruins suck. And the guy go, he just spits their record. It was like fucking 32 and five. I'm like, no, right, Bruins are all right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you just got to have fun with it. Nothing, no, there's no, there's no malice in it. Now, if yeah. it gets like a little, like, directed at you like like you fucking suck yeah. like all right buddy yeah all right this now. is going a different direction Relax. now now you got a personal problem with me see these hands yeah <laughs> yeah look i've seen kyle punch we did the uh punching bag challenge in austin yeah, yeah. So, yeah you get you got up in the 900s <laughs> yeah, it was just a little that was pretty quick from the shoulder it was a little rabbit punch <laughs> yeah that's just good <laughs> that was actually my first time ever doing like a punching bag like oh, a, yeah. one that measures your strength. Yeah, yeah. I've never done one of those before. Yeah. I was a little nervous going up to it. Really? Yeah, I was like, You're like I don't want to Maybe I don't know how to punch. Yeah. Well, I definitely don't know how to throw like a real punch, you know. Like I know, okay, you got to put your body into it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, build up that momentum behind your fist. But I was like, all right, there's a big chance that I punch this thing and I get like a 60. <laughs> yeah. I think it was just a bad <laughs> night for you. Naraj, on the other hand. Oh, man. My God, that dude looked like he was born to fight. He was going to break the machine. He had some built-up aggression. <laughs> Although, I have to say, like, he told me a little bit about his childhood in India, and I, I don't blame him. I don't, no, he I took imagine, it all out on that yeah, bag. He was telling me how uh, last time, not last time he was in India, but anytime he's ever been to India, he brings, like, five burner phones because they all get stolen. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's like, you go on the metro with a train system, and like you obviously have to hold on to something, but the yeah. moment you put your hand up, he's like, you're so tightly squeezed in between people, yeah. they just start going through your pockets. Oh my gosh! So yeah, what are you gonna do? Let go and fall? Yeah. I mean. <laughs> no, have you don't ever... do anything. You got like hundreds of hands grabbing at you. Oh what are you gonna gosh, do? Gosh, that's wild. Have you ever been in a fight? Um, I've been into. I've been in like friendly scraps scraps that have turned into fights oh, but i've never been in like a fight i got picked on when i was in like freshman year of high school but i never like escalated to a fight there was one time when i pushed a kid um but it never escalated any further than that he was scared of you uh, no no one should have ever been afraid of me <laughs> i think that's why i got picked on because it looked like that guy's easy prey you know? <laughs>
Um, <laughs> no, nah, I've never been in a fight yet. What about you? No, I've, I've never been in a fight. Um, but like growing up, me and my cousin were very close. And we used to like just wrestle for fun all yeah. the time. Just guys being dudes. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I got practiced on some ground game. But Yeah, yeah. I think that if I were to get into a fight today, it would be really messy. Like, I would be going for eyes. Oh, God. I would be biting. I'd be, like, <laughs> grabbing balls. And so whatever pulling. you had to do. Yeah, yeah. Like, it would be... I'm trying to make you incapacitated. Yeah. I'm not trying to, like, prove myself. I'm not trying to, like, play fair. I'm, I'm going to... Yeah, this is a This fight. is a survival moment for me. Yeah. And I'm going to make sure that you are... are because in your mind, it probably would never get to that point unless it yeah. had to. Yeah. If I'm in a fight where like I'm threatened with the fist in my face, I'm going for your balls. I'm going for your <laughs> eyes. I'm going for your jugular. Yeah. I'm going Fight's to, dirty. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Like I'm going to try and shove my whole fist in your mouth. Yeah. It, I, I remember a time, I, I don't know how old I was. I was probably like 10. My sister was probably like 12. Uh, it could be off by years. I don't know. But I remember... Um, she used to really get under my skin. I don't know what was said in, in this instance, but for some reason I was pissed. And I remember balling up a fist and I didn't know where to punch somebody that it wouldn't like really hurt them, but that it would phase them. You know, like, like I don't want to punch anybody in the eye or the mm. nose. Like I don't want to see blood. So I remember I punched her right in the forehead. Oh my God. <laughs> I wonder if she would remember that. Probably yeah, not. I, concussed. I punched her right in the forehead and it was over. <laughs> yeah. Fight was over. Yeah. I, I don't but know don't who I was women. listening to. Never I, hit women. Yeah, I don't know who I was listening to, but it was a woman. I, probably like a, a podcast short that I saw on YouTube or something. And she was saying she would pick on her brother when they were younger. Yeah. And then he went through puberty. And the first time that she like got him to a point where he had to manhandle her. Mm -hmm. She recognized the strength difference yeah. between a male and a female. Uh -huh. And she was like, there was no pushing the buttons ever again. It was <laughs> like he completely immobilized her mm -hmm. with ease. Like her entire, it took everything she had to try and wiggle free from the hold he had on her. Yeah. And she just physically couldn't yeah and it was like in that moment she's like oh there's a reason why there's like men in women's division in sports <laughs> like, like he's like four years younger than me but 10 times stronger than i'll ever be yeah it's it, interesting so like yeah don't punch your sister in the forehead yeah don't <laughs> just don't do it that's a no yeah i i think the closest i've been to a a fight recently was when i was in Colombia, and that guy took my necklace he like robbed me right yeah and when i we caught up to the guy it, the situation was this where it was me and uh, three of my buddies we were walking in like a brightly lit heavily populated area this like little group of guys um came up from behind and like snatched my necklace off my neck i had like a pendant family heirloom it dropped to the floor but like immediate reaction was to go after the guy who took it so like the dude who was like half a block away by the time we turned around <laughs> Uh, one of my buddies went chasing after him and I chased for like a half second. And I was like, Robbie, stop. Like, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Like, what, what are we going to do? Right. Mm -hmm. He's already gone. 
Yeah. And then I turned around, like, at the corner of my eye, I saw something drop. So I looked on the ground and I see my pendant, like the, the family heirloom. The part and, you actually cared about. Basically. Yeah, the part that I, I really cared about. The necklaces. You can't get enough. Yeah, the necklaces were replaceable, but that was a family, you know, passed on in my family. Um, some guy with his girlfriend literally holding hands with her. He saw it. He picked uh, maybe girlfriend, maybe something else. I don't know. But he saw it. He picked it up and started walking really, really fast in the other direction into like a smaller group of people. And I was like, he fucking has it. And I went after him and I grabbed his shirt and I had him. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like we don't speak the same language. So he's like saying things to me in Spanish. I don't understand. I was giving him like a sign like you have this like making a circle with my hand like you have this you have this and i was like robbie charles like over here over here <laughs> and uh kevin was there too kevin came up as well um well you have this like give it like kevin charles, starts I'm growling like, at him <laughs> yeah <laughs> barking uh charles i'm like charles translate like tell him to give me my shit tell him to give me my shit and i'm like going through his pockets i'm gonna stick my hands in his in his shit and i'm like, trying to grab it and uh he points at this other guy who starts running in the opposite direction and he was basically it said like that guy has it and ran away got in a car car skirts off but like the closest i came to hitting another person mm. recent history was that was, was like that? I, like i wanted i wanted to hurt the guy but i also had five grams of cocaine in my pocket <laughs> and i'm in a foreign country where i don't speak the language everyone around me uh is looking at the situation thinking like okay what's gonna happen next and i couldn't measure what would what the outcome would be yeah. even if i had succeeded in getting it back like what did that mean for me right yeah do i chase after this car do i get the police involved again like i'm not doing legal things on my own <laughs> yeah. so um it was a, a loss but that's the closest i've come in, in recent history to to that kind of thing and i i'm not i'm just not that person you know like yeah my safety is well worth any sort of like altercation avoidance that i can that i can you know, I can dodge, I suppose. Yeah. You just never know when it's going to turn into like a dangerous situation for you. Yeah. Especially you in Colombia. Like, yeah. You chasing that guy down. You don't know who that guy is. You don't know who he knows. Yeah. And you were going to be there a couple more days. Mm -hmm. Like that guy could have came and found you with his yeah. boys and could have been a bad situation. Yeah. I didn't even... I didn't even think that far. Like I, it's I an thought, impulse, yeah. yeah I, I just was like, I want my, my shit back. Yeah. But I, that night, so like we went, that was probably like two, two or three o'clock in the morning. We went out to another bar after that. I had a couple more drinks and like the mood for me was a little bit different, but like I, I kept it together. Mm -hmm. But when I got back to my room that night, I sat there on the edge of my bed and I just kind of thought to myself, what the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? I, I, I've never had to consider how I'm being perceived by others mm. so hard, right? Like when you're younger, it's a little bit more vain, right? Like you want to be perceived a certain way. And so you think about how you want to like craft yourself. But in this situation, it was, I'm who I am. And I think like, I don't think twice about the way I conduct myself in most settings. Like mm -hmm. I'm pretty comfortable with the person that I am. Yeah. But it, hasn't has never crossed my mind like what do people actually think about what they're seeing just from like a surface like i was a clear target i'm a white guy clear as day not a local yeah 
who had like flashy jewelry on, a nice watch, like <laughs> whatever. Like I looked good. A big like, shot. Like I had like, a, you know, I, I dressed up nice, went to a nice dinner and uh, like walking around aloof, so, you know, so to speak, like, you know, very comfortable in the space. I didn't feel anxious or nervous anywhere mm-hmm. I was in Colombia, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've since then thought more about like how I'm perceived by strangers because I have to believe that I wasn't that person who took that off my neck was not the first person while I was there who thought I could get something out of that guy. Yeah. You know, like I could take something of his. Mm-hmm. No problem. I've never had to think that hard about it. Mm. And so like I was sitting at, at the end of that bed for probably like 20, 30 minutes, just like thinking in my head, like, okay, what could I have done different? Like, how could I have done this different? And I ended up at the point where it's like, there's nothing I could have possibly done differently to avoid that other than not wearing the jewelry yeah. out. Yeah. You know? If you had the foresight beforehand. Yeah. yeah. Or, or kind of just were more aware of. And the funny thing is that before I went to Columbia, I thought maybe I won't pack my jewelry just because you never know. Mm-hmm. But I was like, no one's going to, I literally said, like thought this to myself, no one's going to take it off my neck. <laughs> you know, like no one's going to rip it off my neck. I always thought like in a robbery situation, it's like what you see on television where someone comes up to you threatening you with a weapon mm-hmm. and they say, Hey, give me your shit. Yeah. That's how I thought. And I'm like, I'm always going to be with a group. I'm never going to be in a situation where I'm going to be by myself. And yeah, you wouldn't out. be like, targeted like yeah, that amongst no. five other guys or however. But that ain't how it works. <laughs> that ain't how it works, man. Like it, it's way more quick um, than you would ever think. But like, yeah, I never, I never really considered how people looked at me. And now, like Carly wants to get me another necklace. And I'm like, nah, I don't, I don't think so for right now (laughs) like it's not even it's not even just a necklace like i wear bracelets too but they're all sentimental to me like if they got the bracelets and the necklace i would have fucking like all right i'm going home like i'm done (laughs) you know like everything everything carries like a sentimental value for me and that was what was lost um but yeah i never i never thought about it until recently god damn Hmm. But other than that, Columbia is fucking sick. I highly recommend it. <laughs> thinking about going, should still go. Just don't bring your value. Yeah, that was that was like the only thing on that entire trip that was like a bit of a damp damper on it. But for me, I, like if I could go back tomorrow, I would. Like I wouldn't even hesitate. Where did that um, pendant come from? It was, it was a grandfather. Yeah, it was a grandfather's wedding band with a great grandfather's wedding band melted inside of it. Oh wow. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. And they're gonna pawn it for. Yeah, I actually have a friend. I actually have a friend who wears his father's. Uh, his father passed away. He he wears his father's wedding band around his neck at all times, and uh, I like I actually next time I talk to him I'll probably be like, hey, if you ever go into a foreign country, like put <laughs> put that shit away. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, it's interesting. Hmm. Not a fighter. Yeah. But your fight or flight kicked in and your impulse was to chase him down. <laughs> well, my impulse was not to chase down the person who took the necklace. It was the, to go after the guy be- because that guy, Colombians are little, like they're little people. They're not like, yeah. like I was bigger than most of the people yeah, there. Yeah. Like you could take him ha- hand to hand combat. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. Like, just pure, like if it was just a weight game, <laughs> it would be like a, a no contest. But, but yeah, he, he was just like a man who saw an opportunity to take something that was on the ground, mm. you know, you think when you think he noticed maybe you were coming after him and he chucked it and then that I think other, he passed it on. Yeah. Just I think to, he, just to anybody. Yeah. I think he just like got rid of it, threw it on the ground. Someone else picked it up and went, yeah, yeah. I think it was like that. And, um, yeah, 
Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I've had a knife pulled on me one other time. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Describe the scenario. We were... It was like after high school, coming back to town from college, and we went to like a uh, concert. It was like a... a uh, like an EDM concert or something. Uh-huh. And we had to walk down an alley to get to the cars that were parked. It was after the show. And some guy just came from literally from like behind a dumpster and like had a knife. Oh my God. He's like, give me your shit. Give me your shit. <laughs> and, uh, Did you give it to him? No, we all were just like, no, like get away. <laughs> Start, we just started making a scene and he fled. Ew, gross. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Go away. Stranger. Stranger. Exactly. <laughs> it works. <laughs> all right, folks. I hope you enjoyed it. That's our time. Don't rush dinner. We'll see you the next time. Peace.